Welcome to the Holistic Anxiety Fix Podcast, where we explore the many different root causes of anxiety so you can learn how to heal naturally and reclaim your love for life. Hello, and welcome to this podcast episode where we're going to look at one of the main ways I'm able to get success with my clients in healing anxiety through the holistic anxiety fix. Okay, awesome. So I am super excited to dive in here with Paula, who is going to be sharing her transformational journey that she had with me and just overall understanding of the connection between mind and body. So welcome, Paula. Super excited to have you here. Ah, thanks for having me. I know we've been trying together for a while. So yay. Okay, awesome. So let's first start by talking about what you were experiencing before you came to see me. So like, what were some of the main symptoms and main challenges that led you to reach out to me? Thank you. The first thing was I wasn't able to get out of bed, just complete fatigue, not having the drive and excitement to even leave the bed in the house. Um, so it's lack of energy, not so much the anxiety, like freeze, freeze response and the fatigue. And I contributed to depression because the physicians would just tell me that I was depressed and that I needed to up my meds and then down meds. And that never really resonated with me that there was just much more happening. So the big kind of thing, it's almost like a bit of a freeze response, right? Where you were kind of stuck in this like freeze, like we think about the body's response, fight, freeze, fawn, right? And so you were stuck in this freeze response and you didn't know how to get out of it. And so let's talk about the messages. I love this part because I think it's very common, your experiences. And I also think there's a lot of flaws to it. So Let's talk about the messages you'd received from conventional medicine. So you said you were told that it was just depression, just, and I air quote that, you know, just depression and that the solution to that was med change. Now, had you seen a lot of doctors or was this, you know, one doctor that said this, or had this been like a consistent message across your whole life? Like, tell me more about that. Sure. Yeah. That was definitely a consistent message right from teenagehood. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I'm an immigrant. So there's a lot of trauma that happened at 11 years old and then had sort of like early teenagehood mental breakdowns. And so at 17 years old, I had a nervous breakdown. I'm putting that on air quotes, Mm -hmm. which then I went into a complete freeze and couldn't go to school. I was then taken to a physician that said, oh, well, you're depressed. You have a deficiency in SSRIs, uh, was placed on medication. Mm -hmm. And then here's the insidious belief that I took on from this physician is that I would have to be on medication for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's like, I feel like we need to pause and let that like really sink in that messaging, right? Like I'm getting goosebumps, even like trying to feel what that would be like at 17, where you're looking at the doctor for answers, right? Like he's the authority on this. He knows what's happening to your body. 
And then he's telling your very impressionable 17-year-old brain, like, hey, you're broken. You have this deficiency in serotonin. And so we're going to have to add an external fix forever for you to be quote unquote normal. Like such powerful imprinting happening right there, right? And it sounds like it's something that really seeped in for you. Absolutely. I took that as truth. Mm -hmm. And coming from a cultural background where everything, I mean, we have access in Portugal to the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So any little thing, you go to the pharmacist and mm-hmm. they just give you out any type of medication. So my family was also very pharmaceutical oriented. Mm-hmm. So that belief system was carried out through the house. It was very ingrained. You need this medication. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't just the physician. It's also an imprint through the culture mm-hmm. and the family structure as well. Right, which reinforced this doctor, this knowledgeable doctor's belief that you needed this medication to be a normal functioning person. Now, when you're telling the story, when you told it just now, like it was pretty obvious that, you know, the trauma of having to immigrate at age 11 may have just manifested later on at age 17. Was there any connection made by family or by the doctor of like, hey, you probably should see a therapist or like, maybe this is a result of you adapting to a new culture? Like, was there any identification of that at all? Interesting that you ask that because there was an attempted suicide at 13. And for me, even then, again, culture plays a role in this where it's quite taboo to have any sort of therapy support. Mm. It's just not heard of. You don't talk about things outside of the house. Everything's quite secretive. Mm. So it's a you keep it in the house. Right. Because if it leaks out, that means it's out into the community and it reaches the year of an entire island. Mm. And so you become the person that gets talked about. So there's secrecy piece that adds to the trauma and that survival instinct of carry your own cross, carry your own Mm -hmm. illness. We don't talk about this outside of the house. Right. And with secrecy often comes shame, right? This veil of silence. um, We carry this veil of shame with us that it's not okay to be that way. Then it's not okay to seek help. Right. So, you know, it started for you at age 17, really. Well, it sounds like it started at age 13, was identified formally at age 17 that you have this depression. And so do you feel like, you know, uh, things had changed by the time you were lying in bed before you came to see me a couple of years ago? Was it kind of the same belief of like, you know, I just need serotonin and that's my problem. I'm just Paula who's depressed. Oh gosh, you were like my angel. (laughs) You were just my angel that showed up at the right time. Your question is sort of bringing me to an awareness that I've gone through many cycles Mm -hmm. of rehearsals before reaching you. So I've had like a few attempts of breaking out of the cycle of medication Mm -hmm. through my father's illness. He was uh, diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, which led me on this path of holistic healing Mm -hmm. for him, not for me, but for him. Mm -hmm. But as a family, we took on the holistic nutrition. So there was, at the time, there was no meat. There Mm -hmm. was only organic. There were no gluten. 
bark tree tea, aloe vera juice. Like there were very specific things that we seeked out. Like sugar was completely eliminated. And so what we found is my dad's healing was went from stage four to less. Right. So the healing happened. And what I found is that because I was doing it with him to support him, I dropped so much weight. Mm. My brain was in clarity and I went into my first detoxing of medication. Mm. It lasted for a couple of years and then I had a relapse and went back on. So that was like, you know, first cycle. And then second cycle, I did like, oh, that's it. I'm going off meds for eight months. That's when the autoimmunity kicked in. Mm. So that began another healing journey of like, no, there's more to this. I can do this. There's definitely more to this. So that's sort of like when you kind of came on my screen with anxiety, like the anxiety fix. And I watched the webinar and there was something about what you were sharing. It wasn't like I couldn't penetrate it in my brain. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't understand it, but there was something in the languaging that said, this is me. There's more to this. Right. And for those listeners who are like, what is she talking about? I run a webinar, um, Three Secrets to Healing Your Anxiety Without Medication, where we really look at what underlying root causes are that are not being talked about in conventional medicine, that are not necessarily even being talked about by your therapist. So Paula had attended this webinar as kind of like intro into my world and my belief systems around healing. And it sounds like Paula, it sort of like clicked with you. Now, prior to this, you'd also done quite a bit of trauma work. Like at some point, it sounds like, you know, you recognize that, hey, maybe the depression is from trauma and you'd explored the trauma journey to some extent before coming to see me. Am I right about that? Yes. So I had a spiritual emergency, which is like AKA in, in the medical field, it's recognized as psychosis. Mm-hmm you know, let's put it on air quotes episode, which started the healing journey into the emotional, spiritual, holistic journey. So that's been in the last six years of which there was emotional healing. So Mm -hmm. it kind of like kickstarted me into trauma healing. Mm -hmm. And I started to recognize that everything has a illness wise, there is an emotional imprint, there's an emotional healing that goes along with that. So I did a lot of the emotional healing in the first five years. Yeah, Physically, it was like my body just couldn't take anymore. But like I almost overexerted my body in trauma healing. Right. I really like this piece of your story because it's fascinating for me because I think a lot of women that are on their own healing journey tend to get stuck on this, right? Like, especially when we talk about anxiety and depression and mental health, because there's all this messaging out there that it must be unresolved trauma or it must be, you know, maladaptive thought processes. And so if you want to heal, you need to go to the therapist, you need to do the trauma work. And a hundred percent, that's so important. But what your story shows us is you can do all the trauma work you want to do and you can still be lying in bed with this label of depression. So imagine what that would feel like. And I'm going to ask you in a second, the failure of like, you know, I just like dug up like the core of my being and tried to reprogram. And here I am still in bed. Like, was that something that you thought? Oh, I was almost going to drop the F-bomb here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, completely. And I'm coming, circling back to the shame piece that you had mentioned before. 
there was perpetual shaming around that I wasn't doing the work hard enough. Something that I heard a lot, oh, you're just being a victim. Mm. You're in victimhood. You're in victim consciousness. You need to do this and you need to do that, which you know, it was very invalidating to the experience and it actually created more of a void, more of a hole inside. It repressed the healing, the physical healing even more. If you are struggling with anxiety and tired of going in circles, then I have something special for you. I have created a game-changing gift for everyone that is listening. This gift is specifically designed for women who are done living with their anxiety. Whether they are tired of the intrusive thoughts, the sleepless nights, gut issues, the overwhelm, or being unable to do the things they used to love. This gift is specifically designed for women who want immediate action steps. So what I have for you is a guide. It is five surprising ways to reduce anxiety in just seven days. This guide is really great because it gives you some actionable steps. It is not telling you about your anxiety or suggesting random things that you're never going to do, but they are really actionable steps that are going to have an immediate effect on lowering your anxiety. You can find the guide at go.healingjourneyservices.com slash five ways dash one. Right. Because like, imagine like that shame of like, I can't heal myself, which furthers this idea. If we go back to that early doctor of you being broken, right? So like the harder you try, the sicker you are, the more broken you are, the more it reinforces this concept that you Paula, as a woman functioning in society, you're broken, right? So like very dangerous cycle that you were kind of stuck in. And again, I just want to clarify this conversation isn't to say that you shouldn't do trauma work, but it's to highlight the importance of like, if the trauma work isn't getting you where you need to be, then it's time to take a step back and kind of like take the blinders off and, and look at like, well, what other modalities out there am I not looking at? Right. And so that's around the time that I came into your life. And my big focus is on physiological root causes that everybody misses. Right. So, you know, the doctor looks for disease. If you don't have cancer, if you don't have like a polyp in your colon, if you don't have something wrong with your heart valve, then you're fine. And it's just in your mind. But the medical community doesn't really talk about physiological imbalances. And so that's where I love to come in because it's a missing link for people. And I love to focus on that. So Obviously, when you came to see me, that was one of the main things that we started focusing on. And yes, and it was very triggering as well. Mm. Why? Because my identity, and again, I'm going back to culture. This seems to be a theme coming up here. Culturally, food is, you live to eat. Mm. (laughs) Food is part of the culture so much like any gathering. It's like, what are you bringing? What kind of food? And it's gorging. Like Mm. you fill your plate as much as you can. And then bread. Like I remember telling my mom, sorry, I'm going off script a little bit here, but instinctively, I just want to share that when I shared with my mom, here's what's happening with me. 
She said, oh, if I can't eat bread and cheese, I'd rather die. Right. So there was a lot of resistance to even exploring the idea of food, which is probably why you hadn't done it outside of your father, right? So let's kind of let the cat out of the bag and share with our listeners here, what did you discover was a major missing piece of the puzzle? A major missing piece is that I'm celiac. Mm -hmm. Right. So you were walking celiac through all of this for, do you have a sense of how many years? Oh, I think since a child, I would say it was mild in childhood. Bowel movements were excruciating as a child. Definitely, I think through teenagehood, it became more increased with trauma. I think the two are, are linked as well. Right. The more trauma the body went under, the harder it was to adapt to substances like gluten. And so the bigger the reaction was. So you can't separate them. But what's interesting is, like, imagine if that doctor at 17 had tested you for celiac, how different A, the messages you would tell yourself would be and how different your life would be if there was this intuitive connection of like, hey, you need trauma work and we probably need to look at whether you're responding to gluten. Yeah, there's a little bit of that younger part of me has some tears coming up because so much was lost in those moments of medication. Mm. body weight shifted. I lost my identity during that time. I lost the beauty that I was. I lost so much during that medication and numbness. I went numb. I lost my vitality. I lost two decades of my life because medication that wouldn't have been taken away if it was for that discovery or invitation to look at some other reasons why it was happening. Right. And so now it sounds like you're able to put together the pieces and say trauma was a part of this thread that eventually I started addressing. The physical piece was also a part of the thread. And I think that's why I like your story so much because you did the trauma work and there was both, right? It's not like it was one or the other. And it's not like if you just cut out gluten, you magically would feel better either. Like it was, you had to do the dance in and out of both sides of healing to really holistically heal. And that's why I love your story because it really exemplifies that. And I think there's likely a lot of women who are going to listen to this and be like, I don't want to be on medication, but here I am on it, right? I don't like how it makes me feel. I don't like how I feel numb. I don't like what it does to my body. And kind of like you, like didn't have the tools to know what to do to get off the medication, right? Yeah. And in that journey of us discovering the core causes of the inflammation was a really big piece the lack of energy, we acknowledge that it was like my iron levels for my entire life have always been super low. Like I'm talking about 12 and below my entire life. And so I've been told to eat a lot of meat, but it's not going to bring up my levels to a place where I can function. Right. And for those listeners, again, tuning in, I think a lot of people do what you do, which is like, oh, I have low iron. I'll eat meat and I'll take iron supplements. And then we've solved the problem. And it's the same premise as, as I keep going back to this first doctor, but it's the same premise of like, here's the medication, except it's not medication. It's a supplement. 
but it's doing the same thing because we're forgetting to ask the question, you know, why is your iron low? And in this is kind of what flagged the celiac for me with you is that you had chronically low iron because there's a lot of different reasons why women have low iron. Um, but one of the main ones is a gluten reaction that you don't know about. And so when you cut the gluten out, did your iron start to climb up naturally? No, it didn't. Okay. It got super low. I think I have just a, a high functioning, mm-hmm. <laughs> low fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm so fatigued. I think other people just wouldn't even be out of bed. Like, I don't know how to explain this, but I think I've been so in survival of fatigue mm-hmm. that it just became a normal part of life. Right. The awakening of feeling better. Okay. So I got iron infusions. Mm-hmm. physical awakening of energy activated a whole other healing journey. Right. And so, you know, a lot of times what we see with celiac is over time, as you remove the gluten out, the iron levels start to restore themselves if that's the root cause of low iron, but sometimes there is iron infusions that are kind of needed along the way. But what it was doing for you, it was taking a whole new way of looking at what was happening to your body and your mind. So it was taking that label of depression and saying, well, maybe there's physical reasons why you can't get out of bed. And maybe we can actually address these physical reasons and step outside of this label of depression and say, no, I'm not depressed. I have low iron and I had undiagnosed celiac and I have trauma that I'm working through. That's not depression. Those are things I need to move through, right? So you can kind of step outside of this like box that this label creates because I see this a lot with women with anxiety as well, where, you know, I have anxiety. And so I'm just going to be in this little tiny box and like, that's what my life is. And then it becomes like the label becomes a prison that people then accept that there's nothing more that they can do. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's so insidious. It has its own consciousness Mm -hmm. of like, you are ill and you're not going to get out of it. There's no repair. There's no resolution because that is the new normal until something else comes in and presents itself and says, no, there's something else that might be here. And that's the miracle piece of that physical awakening. There's more energy storage available to the body if we look at all these other causes. And and also the awakening that now there's a new level of responsibility that's going to come in. Nourishing of the self Mm. and mothering of the self. It takes on a whole other level of emotional and trauma healing Mm. that is different pre-physical healing. Right. Because, you know, there's a mother wound kind of across the board, (laughs) across the world. And with that mother wound comes the inability to mother and care for and nurture ourselves. And so part of looking at food and part of doing that work and healing anxiety means that you have to step into a different way of being with your physical body in a way that might not have been modeled for you by your parents, specifically by your mother, right? There's so many body image issues and food issues out there that we've kind of lost the basics on like how to nurture and love ourselves. And so I love that you brought that up because I think it is absolutely a deeper level of healing that happens and work through that. So for you, Paula, like what were the major things that you saw change when you started to, we're just going to keep it really simple. When you started to take gluten out of your diet, what changed for you? The bloating and inflammation was the number one. 
So the bloating of the face around the eyes, the sagging of the skin, Mm. that was like a very visual change. So we've actually looked at before and after pictures. Oh yeah. For those listening and they're pretty transformative. Like they're pretty mind blowing. And literally you were just doing one strategy. It wasn't like you were joining Weight Watchers and working out 4 million times a day. It was like, we're going to cut out this really big piece of inflammation, inflammatory food out. And we saw that bloating go down. What else did you see happen? Yeah. And that was uh, the stage was just cutting out gluten. Don't like, I could only do one thing at a time. So we know that that is it's just removing the glute, reduce the thyroid nodules that I had been discovered. They were quite large, you know, a biopsy was being suggested. And I knew that what we were going to do was going to reduce it. So it went from two nodules to one and the one remaining was cut in half a size in six months. Wow. So that's a pretty big piece. And it's a measurable piece. Like it's tangible. It's like, here's how much stress that gluten was causing on your body. So much stress that your thyroid was starting to go haywire, right? Yeah. The last defense mechanism of the body. Exactly. Then it sounds like you also had more energy. Yes, I could get out of bed, make breakfast for my kids. That was really, really big. And then it led to not having to have three naps a day. It went down to two, to one. And then now I'm having like three, four days without having to have a nap. Mm -hmm. You know, I still need those from time to time, but I just have energy now. Yes. The fourth, this was a really big one, Jody. the uh, fibroids, the clots. So during my menstrual bleed, I'd have so much clotting that I just couldn't leave the house. I would just bleed through my clothes. I'd have to be very close to the washroom. So the loss of blood was just an, another piece to the fatigue and the low iron. And so there were, I mean, we're talking about big clots the size of the palm of my hand. It was extensive. And then it would take me another month to get the energy up to lose it again. Right. So that cycle, I couldn't even have the vitality even if I wanted to. Right. So, you know, so many powerful lessons from your journey to be shared with people, the importance of doing the trauma work by not labeling or like making it very narrow and just trauma, the importance of looking at the physical impact that one small strategy can have on the whole body, right? And the fact that you can step outside of the label that you've been given and actually create a different way of being for yourself. So thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable and coming on here and sharing that journey so that other women can also learn from that as well. Are there any kind of like parting words or words of wisdom that you want to leave with our listeners? Yes, I also have a celebration to share. So parting words is that there, since the awareness of the celiac diagnosis, it has come to my awareness that many of the psychosis, um, let's call them patients, mm-hmm. find out that they're celiac. So there's something to be further investigated and d- discovered here. Mm-hmm. To mention that actually, and then I got sidetracked, but there is a lot of research on the link between psychosis and undiagnosed celiac or untreated celiac. So absolutely, I think when we're looking at mental health, again, it goes to like, yes, you're looking at trauma and mindset and all these things, but we really need to go back to what's happening in the body and what are we nourishing ourselves with? Maybe we're not reacting well to them. So thank you for bringing that up. 
Thank you. And the congratulations is that I've been on a decrease of medication, medication that's extremely hard to get out of. And I'm listening to my intuition. I'm getting the proper support and it's going very well. So yeah, my neck also like it was getting to a stage where the numbing was so numbing that it was creating that fatigue symptom Mm. all over again. It was manifesting in a different way. So I'm very happy to be listening to my intuition and having the proper support and the vitamin infusions as well with it. So, you know, perhaps our next time, a couple of years from now, will be a very different journey of how to detox out of medication in a healthy way. So yeah. that's my journey that I'm going on next. So yeah. thank you for being a part of that. You're going on it next, but you're already on it, right? Because my philosophy is you can't go off the medication if you haven't found the reason why you were on it in the first place and address that reason. And so by you doing the trauma work and addressing the gluten, got your body to a place where you can now do the work, the difficult work of tapering, right? And making sure you're doing that properly, but you're not just starting that journey. You were on it a long time ago. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for being here. Um, for any listeners that would like to connect, you can join my Facebook group, uh, Healing Anxiety Holistically for Women. You can also contact me at Jodi, J-O-D-I-E at healingjourneyservices.com. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Holistic Anxiety Fix Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others like you can learn how to heal naturally from anxiety. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.